Sex and happiness both enrich our lives, yet it's surprising how few people can honestly say that they enjoy regular and fulfilling sex or describe themselves and their lives as happy. Host Lori Handlers helps you to experience real intimacy and happiness. You'll laugh a little, learn a little, and we hope put a smile on your face and a smile in your life. Now here's Lori. Hi, everybody. This is Lori Handlers, and you're listening to another episode of Sex and Happiness, a show about sex and happiness. Well, I almost said Tantra Cafe, which is my old show. This is not Tantra Cafe. This is Sex and Happiness, I promise. And uh, today we are going to have an exquisite conversation, something that some of you probably are wondering about, something that um, doesn't occur so much in the obvious, but then all of a sudden it it, it shows up. And so um, the ta- what we're going to talk about today is being a sexy single parent. Like how do you have a life filled with um, y- your own sovereignty, your own choices, your own being able to be free in your body and have relating and relationships and still raise a couple of kids. So with that said, I'm going to introduce my guest today. Her name is Louise Claire. I call her Lou. She likes to be called Lou. And she is a single parent. She's a New Zealander. She um, She's a temple priestess and an ISTA organizer and an ISTA practitioner of temple arts. Lou, you're amazing. I've worked with you closely in many aspects, in many places. The latest one, Fiji. Yes. You're a brilliant organizer. You're dedicated to people's sovereignty. You're dedicated to sacred sexuality. And you're also dedicated to your own pleasure, to your own life purpose. So how did you get here? How did you get to be this way? I guess like on the basic, basic level, it was a choice, like a big, can I swear in this, Laurie? I just want to check. <laughs> you can. It's an internet show, so you can. Okay. Okay, I mean, I great. swear another word, but yeah, you can definitely use expletives. Yeah. Okay. The odd swear words. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, it was a big fucking choice, actually, a choice to uh, release myself of all the things that were holding me back a choice to let go of all the patterns and the ways of living that, um, yeah, that was stopping me from fully being myself. And it just got to the point where I was done. I was done with living the life I was living. I was done with relating how I was relating. And I felt like there was always this part of me that was dying to come out and I just didn't know how to let it out. And so I just chose and I, uh, I deep, dove into particularly the ista work the sacred sexuality the tantra i had a, a really good foundation which i think was helpful of embodiment of consciousness i've been working a lot with shadow and archetypes for many years and then as soon as i really said yes to my full freedom then the sacred sexuality piece became the pathway that just ignited everything and just burnt through all the remaining pieces and i I say to people, like, I'm a little bit radical in my approach because if I show up somewhere, I'm like, whatever needs to happen, 
to clear me to be the most free, powerful, alive version of me, like I will go there. No, no resistance, no doubts. Like I'll show up fully. But around when did this happen? Because you didn't, you weren't born like that. Nobody's born like that. Like we're, we're socialized into like pleasing others. No. Good and nice. Yeah. Yeah. Most of my adult life, like up until maybe four or five years ago, I felt trapped in myself. I felt not free. I didn't know how to relate intimately with people. Like everything was like technically okay and great, but there was just this big piece missing. And um, like I said, I had this, all this foundational work, but there was just something that wasn't quite there. And I, a couple of things, I guess my, I got to the point where I realized that my, sexuality and my personal relating was dysfunctional and that I wasn't being uh, the, the goddess that I, I could be. And I had been single and repartnered, uh, divorced from my children's father for some years and was kind of exploring sexuality peace. Um, but it wasn't probably until my long-term relationship finished that I really dove deep into the work. And that's around the time I met you. And yeah, yeah. So we met kind of like right at the beginning of that journey for me. And then I guess like I don't share this part that often with people, but I had a, a, a traumatic experience which uh, shut down my sexuality and really made me question everything around the work that I was doing. I was already working with people around sex sexuality and this, this trauma was alive in my body. And I remember being at this pivotal point of going, I could either become a victim to this and I can shut down my sexuality and I can stop doing this work and I can make it all bad and wrong, or I can use this as fuel and I can use this as the pathway to my liberation. And that's what I chose. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. And I could so see I could have gone either way. Yeah. And anyone can. I mean, almost everybody who's being a victim these days has made some kind of a choice that that seems to be more logical to them. And I say, you know, I always say that underneath the biggest humiliation or the biggest violation and trespass is a, is a gift waiting there. It's like gold waiting to be mine. Mm -hmm. And if we don't reach for it and turn that into... Uh into the gold that it is, then we remain stuck and traumatized for forever, maybe, you know, or for a very long time anyway. There's oh, no yeah. there's no cheese down the tunnel. Of yeah. the, there's not. So thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. For and for me, like the pathway. Go ahead. Mm. But, yeah, the pathway to my power was through my deepest pain, like really descending into it and meeting it fully in a container that could hold that. And that's where I really found my power and my true self. And like you said, it's like the pathway was through the descent of my wound, my deepest wounding in my life. Yeah. Thanks for doing that work. I mean, that's all I can do is acknowledge mm -hmm. you and like, say, I get you. I completely get you. And I saw you in that transition over time. 
I mean, it started at least three years ago. That's around the time you were transitioning. And then, you know, I saw you again in New Zealand. I saw you again in Australia. Then I saw you in Arizona. Then I saw you in Fiji. I mean, like, (laughs) over all that time, you've taken so much ground. And... uh, Mm you know, and power for yourself, which is, you know, which most people don't do. They don't, they get stuck in the loop of victimhood. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing that work. Mm. Mm. Now tell us a little Mm. bit. You have two kids. Mm. You have two children. What are their, you have a boy and a girl, right? Yes. Yeah. So my daughter Talia is coming up 13 and my son Kaya is coming up 11 and I've single parented them since they were one and a half and three and a half. Mm. Okay. That's primarily I've had a a partner within there, but for the most part, I, yeah, yeah. It's a long time. It's been a a huge part of my journey and my discovering who I am is to be in that experience. And like, I, I've to be honest, I've hated it at times and it's been horrible and I've been disempowered and, and it's also been the thing that has really helped create who I am today. So I'm like, in that point of gratitude now, deep gratitude for this experience. Mm. And these children are about to take flight with you. You have plans to bring them to United States, to the ISTA family fusion. And Mm -hmm. then you're planning to also bring them to Israel. And um, they'll be there for five weeks minimum, but you're not really sure what's going to happen after that. Maybe you'll all stay in Israel or maybe you'll go back to New Zealand or somewhere else. I know they've also lived in Fiji. Yeah, yeah. So a, a couple of years ago, I really decided that I wanted my children to experience the, the world as a globe, as they're part of a, you know the global tribe. And also I was aware that their conditioning of what was normal was still reasonably like white middle class, you know, <laughs> um, and I didn't want them to think that that was normal for everybody. I wanted their their awareness of life and their consciousness to be more expanded. So we had an opportunity to move to Fiji, which we did for a couple of years, and it was amazing. And, and then we backpacked through Thailand and Malaysia for a few months before coming back to New Zealand. And it just um, it feels like it's time for us to go to the next level where I really – yeah, I want them to know love beyond the blood family and I want them to know uh, that they are of the world, that our country boundaries are not the boundaries of who they are. And also I feel like there's something beautiful in the ancient lands that I want them to receive, especially Israel. The tribe there is amazing and love and all of it just feels good. Yeah, amazing stuff. Really great stuff. Very revolutionary in a certain way. Um, so, mm. I, like, I thank you. I so honor that. It's um, you're living what my parents talked about. <laughs> I'm living what my parents talked about too, but my parents only talked about it. <laughs> so it it feels so good. Yeah. somebody's materializing that it's really it's excellent so we're going to take a short break here and when we come back we're actually going to talk about the heart of the matter like how can you be a sexual being and single and Mm. sexy and have these kids who might have doubts about that or might ask you questions that are hard 
ones to answer and Mm -hmm. how does a single parent find their way into having a life? You know, like when people say get a life, like how is it that you've got a life and, Mm -hmm. um, and you could do it and raise these children as well. So that's what, when we come back, that's what we're going to talk about. So if you just tuned in, you're just listening to sex and happy. Yeah. I'm Laurie Handlers. I'm, I'm interviewing Lou and uh, her her full name is Louise Claire, but she likes to go by Lou. And um, we're talking about how she is a single parent and how she manages to have a life as well as two flourishing children. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. If you're somebody who's like, who knows this is for you, you know, hopefully you're at the edge of your chair. And if you can hurry up and get somebody else that you know who needs to hear this show on you should call them right now and get them connected to this show so we'll be right back did you ever stop to think that love is your birthright that you don't need to earn it or prove it you just need to live it i'm personally inviting you to the path of true love power and freedom if you're ready to enliven your soul through conscious sexuality and dive deeply into profound ritual that frees your heart, I'm inviting you to join us for the spiritual sexual shamanic experience. This is better known to most of you as the ISTA Level 1 training. I am regularly leading these courses along with a team of accomplished facilitators all around the world. As a matter of fact, these trainings have taken place in 34 countries. For information on when I'm leading, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com. Or for a full schedule, you can go to SchoolofTempleArts.org. Please consider this invitation seriously because love and freedom are your natural state of being. Are you wondering what book to read to jumpstart your life? Get the best from relationships? Attain the deepest feelings of intimacy? Do you want the best sex along with great happiness? Get your copy of Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by Lori Handlers right now. You'll learn how to make love in the unknown, take the performance anxiety and reaching a goal out of sex. You'll learn subtle ways of communication and really important practices to empower you when dealing with an intimate partner. You'll let go of blame and struggle. Doesn't this sound great? Sex and happiness puts the innocence back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. Take charge of your life, physically, emotionally, and spiritually with Sex and Happiness by Lori Handlers, only nineteen ninety nine paperback and fourteen ninety nine ebook. Order your copy today by going to Butterfly Workshops dot com that's butterflyworkshops.com for your copy of sex and happiness my question for people right now is if you're a woman who could use a little zest and zing in your arousal response or maybe you know women or a woman who could use this because many women say that their feelings of desire arousal and sexual satisfaction don't happen as naturally or as often as they'd like so I want to tell you about Zestra because Zestra was developed to meet this much needed option for women. Uh, Zestra safe and a patented blend of botanical oils and extracts and it's created to help women have increased sexual sensations. Zestra comes in convenient single dose personal packets. 
Each packet keeps the essential arousal oils and extracts free, fresh, and safe from light. And with application of Zestra, it starts to work within three to five minutes. And at about 10 minutes, there's something called the Zestra Rush. And that can last up to about 45 minutes. The great news is that Zestra can be used as frequently as you like during each sexual experience. Now, I'm somebody who believes that all women deserve sexual satisfaction. That's why I do this show, in case you hadn't noticed. So, I believe that men and women deserve sexual satisfaction. So, if you're a woman who isn't getting that kind of arousal response that you want, please call 877-426-8047. That's 877-426-8047. And please remember to say you heard about Zestra from Laurie Handlers on the Sex and Happiness Show. We're back with Sex and Happiness. I'm Laurie Handlers. I'm interviewing Lou Claire, and we're talking about how she can be a sexy single parent at the same time as raising her children and having her get having her life be what she wants it to be and really not at any sacrifice for anything. Like she's not sacrificing herself and waiting until the children are grown. She's actually having a life while being a single parent. So I got from the first segment, you know, when you made the decisions to free yourself and when you went into your deep trauma and figured out who you were going to come out as. Uh, But really, on a mundane level, like how do you be a temple priestess, somebody who um, has your own sex life, which isn't Mm. contained to one over and over and over again partner, and how do you have that? And how do you have them understand their mother? And I think you told me earlier that your son asked you an interesting question at some point. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely been a journey. And it's like I said, it, to me, it's a choice. I choose every day to show up fully in whatever shape that looks. And to me, Tantra is the inclusion of everything and it's full. And my life force moves through my body like so powerfully and so potently. And it makes sense that that infuses every part of my life, including my parenting. And I'm a juicy mom. Like, I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> um, I don't stop being juicy just because I'm cooking dinner or because we're talking about, you know, the, the socket practice at, at the weekend, like I don't become a different person. I'm fully alive. I'm fully embodied. I'm passionate. I'm sexual. And I, I just let that flow through every part of my life. I don't feel that I need to hide that or change that in any way as a mom. And I think we have these identities and we have these ideas of how things have to look. And I'm like, fuck that. You know, my version of mom is my most authentic me. And that includes loving and caring and nurturing for these two children and doing the practical mundane stuff, but doing it in a way that's full of life and excitement. And we have so much fun together. Like these, these two humans that live in my house, you know, they're like freaking amazing. So they don't, um, they don't ever go, Mom, what are you doing? Mom, can you, like, wear something different? Like, they never ask you to do that? 
Oh, a, a bit. So we have this conversation in our family around judging each other. And so quite often I'll say to them, like, you're judging me or stop judging me. And it's a little bit of a joke, but it's also a truth. So we call each other up when we're in judgment. And I've said to them, like, I have worked freaking hard to be this free. And I'm not going to, like, tame myself to make you feel comfortable in a way. Like, I'm not going to intentionally embarrass you, but I've worked hard to be like this. And I say to them, like, you know, in 10 or 15 years time, when you feel like you're not fully free and you want some help, like I'm here because I support you to be who you are in your fullest expression. And I would really love you to do the same. And if you don't, that's okay as well. Like, you know, you're growing, you're aware of social conditioning, you're aware of your peers. Um, I know that I'm embarrassing. I know that I'm not the same as, as everyone else. And I, I kind of make no apologies in a way. Because like I said, I've worked hard to get to this point and I'm not losing that ground for anything. And that's great. And so are they open to that? I mean, it sounds like they are. It's not, well, look, they're going with you to, to the family fusion. They're going with you to, uh, to Israel. So, I mean, on some level they don't have a choice, but on another level, I guess they could really powerfully choose. Yeah. If they, did, if they wanted to resist you, it doesn't sound like they're giving you much resistance. I mean, you're offering to show them the world. So that's like very enticing. Yeah, I think what I kind of see is that on a deep level, they, they see what I, I, they see who I am and they, they feel the transmission of how I'm living. And part of them like deeply respects that. And then on a more superficial level, you know, they're challenged by, the fact that I'm different to other families, different to other parents. And we meet on both of those levels, but it's like the, the depth of who I am and how I meet them and how I see them is what guides our family is mm -hmm. on the, the deepest level. So the other stuff is kind of superficial in a way. It's just like stuff we need to just sort out. Yeah. Good. I mean, I can remember being in seventh grade and my father, I had a birthday party and everyone was in the basement of my house at the party. And we wanted to play spin the bottle so we could kiss. The boys and the girls wanted to kiss. And my mm. father came downstairs, put on music and said, all the boys on one line, all the girls on another line, and we're going to learn how to do the cha-cha-cha. Now, today I'm very happy that he gave us those dance lessons. And my friends were all happy later on that, they all know how to cha-cha, but I was like, oh, God, Ma, could you call him upstairs? Does he have to come into my birthday party where we're trying to kiss? <laughs> you know, so that seems like my parents were kind of cool. I mean, I might not have thought they were, but, I mean, by everybody's standards, they were cool. They were very fun. They were partiers. They loved to dance and they loved all my friends. And, you know, all the boys mm -hmm. I knew had a crush on my mother and a lot of girls I knew had a crush on my father. So <laughs> I, I, you know, mm -hmm. that's the best I could say. They weren't exactly sex God and goddess, but they were, yeah. uh, they were very young at heart. They were very young minded. And so um, they got along great with my, with my peer, with my peers. Um. But this is different. Mm. They wouldn't have, I don't think they, you know, they stepped out of line in that they, they were great dressers and they always went dancing. And, you know, maybe that was different at the time. But you're, you're at another level. 
you're in a whole other, you're playing a whole other board game, you know? Mm. <laughs> so what? Yeah, so yeah what, it's true. What, <laughs> what did your son ask you? You didn't, you, I, I led into it, but you didn't say. Yes. So um, when I first started exploring uh, open relating polyamory more fully and the children started to become exposed to that just naturally as it occurred, uh, my son said to me one day, he said, Mom, are you a player? And it was like this beautiful moment. And I sat with that and I said to him, yeah, you know what I am, Kaya? I'm a player, but there's a difference between what I'm doing and what you might think being a player is because I'm doing it consciously and I'm doing it with everyone's consent. So everyone knows what's happening. So there's no sneaking around. There's nothing happening behind people's backs. And um, yeah, it's, it's all done really clearly and, and honestly. And he was just like, Oh, so I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm a player. Like your mom's a player. <laughs> He's like, okay. But really? That <laughs> and then like usually the kids after these, kinds of questions they're like yeah yeah and then he's like can we have lunch now you know like or can I have a piece of cake like next question moving on got it you know well because you answered it completely and he didn't have to he didn't feel like you were hiding anything yeah and that's what amazes me like these kids ask me these intense questions and sometimes part of me is like whoa how do I respond to this but I just respond like I do to everything else. Like, this is a question. What's my truth? And I'm just amazed. Like, yeah, they move on to the next thing super quick. Like, okay, can we watch TV now? No, okay, we're done. (laughs) Yeah. So if you, the thing is you're, you're operating. I think the biggest thing to say here, I mean, aside from what you just said, which is there's consent and that everybody, there's nothing being hidden that everybody knows what's happening. I think the biggest piece is that you're in a shame-free zone. Like you are not operating out of shame. So when you don't operate out of shame, they don't pick up on that and get the shame lesson. Instead, what they get is the lesson of I'm a free and sovereign human and you are too. And I'm not operating out of shame. I won't be shamed Mm. by your embarrassment. I won't be shamed by other parents. I won't be shamed by other lovers. I won't be shamed. Yeah. It's interesting you say that. I had a a friend visiting a, a few months ago and he said to me, you have this princess quality, but I'm trying to figure out what you're the princess of because it's not like some, you know, fairy tale princess. And he came back to me after a few days and he says, you're the princess of I don't give a fuck. (laughs) And I was like, huh? (laughs) He's like, I've never seen someone so shameless and so comfortable with who they are. Yeah. Yeah. It's really great. It's just really great. That's why I decided we had to do a show, you know, like we had to broadcast it. I know there must be other people out there who can get inspired here and um and I'm wanting for it because uh seriously when you're in your power operating in the world as you create it I mean you're just a free beautiful freewheeling individual who's 
who knows who she is and and um it's it's a it's a miracle to watch you it's a, it's amazing to watch you operate and then how the good care that you take of everyone else i mean obviously you must take care of your children the same way that you took care of me and the other facilitators going to fiji like there was no and the participants there was no detail left undone like you do what they call it landmark you know complete work mm. um so you know, the kids must feel pretty supported if that's the attention to detail that you have. Like, you, just because you're you're polyamorous and having a life that you love doesn't mean that they're denied anything. No, it's, a, it's sort of the opposite, really. It's, it's like the more full and expressed that I am, the more that that's what they're getting from me. And that's where, like, my, my commitment is to live my truth and include them in that. And there's, like, <laughs> I had a, a couple of days where I was really busy going through some deep inner processes and, like, we just had takeaways for dinner. But it was, like, two or three days. And I was just like, okay, this is okay because at some point I'll get back on track and I'll cook healthy, nutritious food. But right now I actually need to just be going through these processes and not forcing myself to be somewhere that I'm not actually feeling was authentic to me. So I really watch myself around, like, am I imposing some thought of how I should be versus am I being what feels authentic? And sometimes that means I cook amazing organic nutritious food. And sometimes we eat takeaways because other stuff is moving and, and taking priority or my kids need me to be fully the big thing I've really worked on is being fully present wherever I am but especially with my kids because I don't want to be with them and not with them so I make sure that I'm fully present and if I can't be present then I make other arrangements that's awesome and then when you travel let's cover that for a minute too you travel a lot and they don't go they're going now you know they're going on these two trips for a while now, but normally you travel and they don't go. And how does that work for them? How are they with that? And who watches them? Yeah, it's been a, a huge journey that one because I felt very alone and isolated holding the responsibility of my kids for many years. And then I decided to become empowered as a, a mother and as a single mother and to shift to me, I'm always looking at what needs to shift in me to align me with the life that I'm being called to live. So is there something in me that's not allowing myself to be supported as a single mom? Is there something in me that is, you know, contracted or attached or yeah, just not open and free. So I've done a lot of work around opening up um, the children and I to family and to tribe and myself to be supported by other people and to trust other people to be able to let go of um, my attachment to how they're cared for when I'm not there. And the, my first experience of this was really powerful. I actually, we were living in Bali and the volcano had, was starting to erupt. I don't know if you remember that a couple of years ago. Yes, I do, because there was somebody in a class who couldn't go home. Right, yeah. So we were in Bali and I felt deeply called to go to the practitioner training in Israel. And it meant that I would be away from the kids for two weeks. And I just meditated on it. And the name of two of my friends came to me, just boom, straight away. So I asked them, would they be interested in looking after my kids while I was away? And they thought about it for like maybe 
10 minutes and then they message me back and they're like, we would love to, we love your kids. We love you. We support what you're doing in the world. Like we're there. And there was this process that we all went through, you know, we had circles, we talked about what everyone needed. We talked about the agreements for the family while I was away. And when I left, I, I left my children completely in their care and I had to let go of any attachment to how that looked. And the first day of the practitioner training, I got a message saying the volcano is erupting. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit, I'm across the world. My children are on the, an island with a live volcano. And I really just had to surrender and trust. Like I've chosen these people. They, they were called to look after the kids and I've trust them. And I let go of all attachment and I trust life as well. And that was, that was massive for me. It was like the ultimate test. Like, and they sent me photos of the masks that they made together for the ash. And, you know, they told me their evacuation plan and everything. And, and these people just held them so beautifully. And, and I just was able to be where I was. And yeah. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. So did they get evacuated? I can't remember if they evacuated Bali. No, they didn't. They had about, I think, a couple of days in lockdown in the house and then a, quite a few days driving around with masks, but they didn't get evacuated. Uh, yeah. Mm, interesting and wonderful, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just can imagine your kids growing up and saying, yeah, and then there was the time that mom <laughs> And we, we didn't get evacuated. We drove around wearing, you know, masks <laughs> to keep out the debris, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to go to break here. When we come back, I'm going to ask you uh, how people can get in touch with you. And mm-hmm. also, if you have any tips, like if you have any tips for single parents mm. uh, or even not single parents, parents who want to be out there, uh, like parents who go to resorts like hedonism, parents who go to ISTA trainings, parents who, parents who are exploring polyamory and they just, they keep this hiding thing going on. Mm, So, so you'll have a few seconds to think about that and you might have a tip or two to give to parents. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we come back, so, so that they can really, I mean, you've already given some about being authentic. You've already given some about, not pretending, like being fully present. So Mm. just if there's anything else that you think of, we'll Mm. we'll cover that in the next segment. So again, this is Laurie Handlers. I'm interviewing Lou Claire. She's an amazing, juicy, sexy, single parent and uh, who lives really full, a full on life. And, um, and she's raising two children and I, I'm astounded by her, by the work that she does, by who she is. I haven't met the children yet, but mm-hmm. I've certainly met her a lot, and I imagine I will eventually meet them. And I, I just think she's doing an amazing job. And you may, may, or not, may or may not agree, and, you know, the truth is that we don't care. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think who she is is worth speaking out loud into this world. So that's why we're speaking about it. So stay tuned. We'll be right back for the third segment. So many times you've heard Lori talk about emotional release on this show. She says over and over again how important it is for you and your loved ones. Now you can do emotional release in the privacy of your own home. And you can practice Lottie Han too, meditation that prepares you for making love in the unknown. 
In her CD, Shamanic Release and Lottie Han, she creates a safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work Lori is known for in her Butterfly Workshops courses. Lori sets you up with the proper positioning and breathing. Then she guides you through each emotional state to the beat of tribal African rhythms. This CD actually provides an easy way to do emotional clearing work on a regular basis. Order your copy of Shamanic Release and Lottie Han today and watch your relationships walk free of emotional baggage. To order your copy, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com right now. As a sex and happiness coach, I understand that increased sexual participation intensifies sexual responsiveness and desire, as well as overall health and well-being. My experience with a Sibian has personally increased my sexual response and I can now train women to use this machine to have peak orgasms as often as possible. I strongly believe this will add to their health and well-being whether they have a partner or not. The beauty and the miracle of the human body is that it adapts and changes much more rapidly than people change their beliefs or their opinions. The Sibian can make any woman's body more resilient with each peak orgasm. Sibian is an amazing experience, often described as the Lamborghini of sex toys. If you're a woman and you can get yourself to look at Sibian, you should do so. It won't take away from your partner. It will only add, trust me on this, I love my Sibian. Go to Sibian.com. That's S-Y-B-I-A-N dot com or call 1-800-253-6135. That's 800-253-6135. And say, Laurie Handler has told you about Sibian. And by the way, if you do have a partner, ask about Venus for Men. That's Venus, V-E-N-U-S for Men. This is Sex and Happiness, and today we're talking about being a sexy single parent. And I'm interviewing Lou Claire, and we're talking about really the processes and the changes that she went through, uh, discovering herself, and then how she's gone about communicating who she is to her children and how they communicate back. So Lou, in this last segment, Let's see if you have anything that you, you know, if you were going through this again, you wish somebody would have told you, you know, something about relax, just be yourself or whatever it is, something that, uh, that would, that could help others. Yeah, I, I just feel like so much aliveness in my body and I'm like, what is it that wants to come through right now? <laughs> what is the, the message? Um, there's something about being radical, like being radically who you are. And I think I mentioned earlier, you know, we can have these roles and we can have these identities and we can have these stories of who we think we should be, especially around things like parenting. You know, I should be this, I should be that. This is what my kids need. Like, and I just say, like, question all of it and find your own truth because no one else knows what my truth is. 
and people can look in at my life and be like, she's living this weird, strange life. It's bad for her kids. It's bad for this and that. If they actually spent half an hour with us, they would see how freaking happy and alive and fulfilled and loving we are as a family. So just live by your own truth. And I'm just going to say this, like, and fuck what everyone else thinks. Like, it's actually none of their business for the most part. So I'm like, unless you're going to take over raising my kids, which I'm pretty sure you're not, then your opinion of my life really is not kind of my business. I'm not that interested in it. And unless you're someone who really inspires me to live, you know, that my truth, then again, I'm not really going to take that much notice of, of what you're up to. So be really freaking discerning of who you listen to and whose opinion you consider, because often they're not the people that are inspiring you to live your truth. And like I say to people like your parents, your family, they may not be your advocates. They may not be your coaches. They may not be the people that are going to encourage you to live the most amazing life because that they're your exact conditioning that potentially is making you stuck in small. Not always the case, but I, I'm so discerning of who I expose myself and my life to and who I let influence me. Mm. Like so discerning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think that our parents... You know, my parents certainly weren't my biggest advocates, although, you know, they would argue if they were alive, they would argue that they were my biggest advocates. But I would say not really. Uh, I feel like I was raised by wolves. So, (laughs) you know, certainly they had a tremendous influence on me, but I had to break out the same exact way you've had to break out with your own children. Mm. And, um, yeah, I just, I knew that I was bigger than what they saw. And mm. I know that you're bigger than what certain people that were involved in your life. And I don't know about your parents, but I know mm. that you're bigger than what people saw. I remember one time I saw you and I said to you, you know, I don't even know who you are. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you're so amazing. I didn't see that. Kind of, I didn't see all of that the first time I met you. Or the mm. second time I met you, like your stuff just keeps cascading in. Mm. So I love that I don't know you every single time. <laughs> you know, it's like there's a new, there's a whole new iteration of you to 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 the in the old word word from uh, I think the book Stranger in a Strange Land. Uh, you're a lot to grok. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I, I think that's the biggest compliment I could give anybody. <laughs> There's just more and more of you every time I look around. So, oh, so thank thanks you. for that. Thanks for that tip. And now oh. if, if people want to get in touch with you, one, because they want maybe some coaching about parenting or they want to deal with the other aspects of your life, which is that you are a sacred sex practitioner, healer. You're also a yogi. You're an, ex, you're an amazing yogini. Mm. and you're an ISTA organizer and you hold different and creative temple nights wherever you go sort of around the world. So if anyone wants to get in touch with you and find out more about the details of these things, how do they find you? Um, So probably the simplest way is to uh, like my Facebook page, Louise Claire Tantra. And all my global events go on there. Also my contact details 
and they can also just follow. Like I share a lot. I share vulnerably and openly about my life. I share challenges. I share things that I'm learning. And, um, yeah, people seem to enjoy enjoy just kind of yeah hearing what I'm up to. <laughs> um, and the other way is I also have a website, which is louiseclear.life, L-I-F-E. And that's an, another centralized place that they can access information about me. But Facebook is probably the place where I'm most active and it's most current with a lot of sharing there. And I'm going to just spell your name so that people, in case people, you know, sometimes when people hear a Kiwi accent, they don't. Know. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I'm going to spell, I know that my, I know that my friend Susan is going to listen to this and laugh when she hears me say that. <laughs> Um, so it's Louise, L-O-U-I-S-E, Claire, C-L-A-I-R-E, Louise Claire, like the magazine, Marie Claire, only it's yeah. Louise Claire, T-A-N-T-R-A, on yes. Facebook, and that's how you can get in touch with her, you can catch up with her, she's hard to catch because she moves very fast, mm. uh, she's always in motion, so... Um, but you can catch her and, you know, if you're lucky and you have questions about some of the things that we just talked about, then you can get in touch with her and see if she'll be willing to coach you. She can do that long distance. Mm. So Lou, it's been my pleasure to have you as a guest today. You're certainly inspiring. If I knew that it was possible to do what you're doing, then I might've had kids. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. And I met you in this part of my life when I'm not childbearing age anymore, but you make it sound plausible and possible. Actually, you give huge possibility to it. And uh, so I'm really hoping that a lot of cool people listen to this and get inspired mm. by you. Mm. Well, thank you for seeing me, Laurie. I, I really appreciate that. I feel like you see me, you see the fullness of who I am and what I bring. And, and that means a lot to me. And I love you. I'm glad. I'm glad. I want it to be like that forever. So and that's a long time. So everyone, thank you for listening to us today. I couldn't do the show without you. You're the, my loyal listeners and just wonderful people. Thanks for getting to me and letting me know which shows you like the best because people have been giving me a lot of feedback lately and it's been fabulous for me to just hear from you and know you can always write to me at sex and happiness at gmail.com. And, um, yeah, I want to let you know that, uh, I'll have another amazing guest the next time you tune in and it's for your sex and your happiness. And I think they go together. I'm hoping that you're finding it the same. So this is Laurie Handler signing off for the show. I'm saying namaste until we meet again. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for joining us today for Sex and Happiness. To learn more about Laurie and her work, please go to ButterflyWorkshops.com or follow her on Twitter or Facebook. You can send her an email at sexandhappiness at gmail.com. We'll see you again right here next week for another edition of Sex and Happiness. Oh.